Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's nothing like moving back into your childhood bedroom to kickstart a regression. I was 27 years old. I'd lost both my job of five years and relationship of six. One of those fires stoked the other. But before I could figure out where the blaze had started, and I was back in a cramped room with a racetrack carpet. I'd not seen my memory box since I left for university, but after two nights of witnessing how age had worsened my father's subsonic snoring, I found myself sentimental. Beneath my bed, covered in a thick layer of dust, was a carton container filled with a ragtag grouping of mementos from my youth. Most of the phones had charge ports that dated back to the early Stone Age, and I knew that reading through any of my older love letters would tear me apart, but nestled in the remnants of paper wristbands from parties I couldn't remember sat a milestone from the late 90s, my old Tamagotchi. Well, it wasn't a Tamagotchi per se. What I had was a cybernawatsi, roughly translated from Polish as a cyber creature, a toy identical to a Tamagotchi and all, but the fact that no money from its sales travelled back to the Benday Corporation. Instead, the proceeds from the sales were split between some enterprising poll with no regard to copyright law. Trade infringement or not, my pocket-sized digital animal was a steady companion for the early years of elementary school. In a world of 4K YouTube videos, it was difficult to imagine how a collection of pixels on a keychain could mean so much to me as a kid. But sitting on my racetrack carpet, I yearned for a return to that simple life. The plastic toy did not respond to any inputs. Presuming the batteries might be dead, I fished around the mementos for something salvageable. At the bottom of the box, gifted once but never worn, was a digital watch I received after my first communion. The button batteries that the watch ran on fit snugly inside of my cybernawatsi, but even then the toy refused to turn on. Back in the playground days, most of my friends had a digital creature of their own. The nationalities of our knockoffs ranged from Vietnam to the Ukraine, but they all functioned the same way. With the help of a plastic key that came with the toy, any amount of neglect could be undone. For a good four years, I carried around this small bit of plastic in my pocket, on the off chance that disaster struck. But when I truly needed it, the key was nowhere to be found. I emptied out the whole memory box in hopes of finding the resurrection device, but it soon became clear that the key had fallen victim to a vacuum cleaner a long time ago. The piece of paper I tried sticking into the Cybernawatsi's resurrection hole nearly got stuck inside. The edge of my cigarette packet didn't do much better. 
the only material that seemed to be able to replicate the plastic key was the passport photo of my now ex-partner that I still carried inside my wallet. I had to fold the photo a couple of times so that it would fit in the toy. All I could see was one big green eye watching me. The folded-up photo seemed to elicit a click from the plastic innards of the cybernawatsi, yet the screen remained dormant. My need to regress to childhood quickly turned to an impotent infantile rage. I was angrier about my station in life than the Tamagotchi not turning on, but the big green eye staring at me from my palm made my self-reflection far too painful. It was around 3am on a Wednesday. The walls of my cramped bedroom were vibrating under the strain of an inhuman snore, and I was furiously slamming a picture of my ex into a knockoff Tamagotchi. Just before the realisation I should go to sleep dawned on me, the screen lit up. It was a dim white light at first, but it grew at a worrisome speed. Soon enough, the Tamagotchi screen rivaled the shine from my bedside lamp. Soon enough, it surpassed it. Like a teen trying to hide a portable DVD player, I shoved the toy under my covers. My bedding was thick enough to block out the light, but the couple of seconds for which I had observed that weird glow was enough to cause concern. For about a minute, I laid in bed, listening to my father snore, trying to make sense of what had just happened. Then my curiosity got the better of me. In an instant, the light enveloped the entire room. My bedroom was wiped away by a blast of bright, blinding light. All went silent. All ceased to exist. The smell of McDonald's takeout and sweat dispersed into the abyss. For a moment, I was stuck in a purgatory of nothingness. I did not stay long. The first thing I felt was the coarse plastic grass beneath my palms. As the white blindness left my eyes and I was able to see my surroundings, the fake grass quickly became irrelevant. All I could feel was hair-raising terror. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I stood on a square of plastic greenery, suspended in the baby blue sky. Above me there were clouds, and beneath the floating mass there was fog. But the island of neon green plastic was the only thing that existed near and far. The space was no bigger than someone's backyard. A blocky shack sat in the centre of the landmass, with a clean-looking outhouse a stone's throw away. Outside of the shack there was an egg, twice the size of my skull. It was wet and covered in zigzag lines, and it scared me the most of all. I tried to convince myself that I was having a dream, or maybe a seizure, but I was never good at convincing myself of things. It all felt too real. No amount of pinches to the arm or bites of the cheek brought me back to my bedroom. Not being able to satisfy my urge to escape, I tried to hide. 
As I made my way into the shack, the wet egg gently swayed from side to side. I did my best not to think about what could hatch from it. The inside of the shack was spartan. Pressed up against the wall was a large shelf, filled with dozens of identical burgers that all looked like the platonic ideal of fast food. In the middle of the shack sat a lonely soccer ball. Propped up against the window, rusted and worn, was a giant battle axe. I started pinching myself again, hoping to return to the coherent world of my bedroom. However, with each peck of the arm, I grew more certain that I was trapped. From beyond the window, I could see the egg sway from side to side. It had grown. It had grown considerably. The countdown to the egg hatching on my cyber nawatsi was my first real experience of the concept of time. Prior to that, if I'd ever asked my parents how long something would take, they would simply tell me to count to 100 or 200, and that would occupy me enough to stop being restless. The timer read five minutes. Sitting in the back of my grandfather's car, crossing the border from Poland, the five minutes it took for the Cybernawatsi to hatch, it lasted an eternity. Watching the slimy egg bloat up from the inside in my surreal shack, the five minutes went by in a snap. The wet egg swayed from side to side, bloating bigger and bigger, until its shell could no longer contain the being trapped inside. With horror, I watched the zigzag pattern split aside. The new life burst from the strange egg. Crouch! A mass of red hair, a flash of pink skin. I barely saw the animal before it ran from the window. Crouch! The creature had stomped its way behind the wooden shack, but I could still hear its snorts. The sounds were deep and guttural, but it didn't sound like it came from an animal. It sounded strangely human. Crouch! Thinking that confronting the creature would shorten this crazy nightmare I was stuck in, I opened the door of the shack. The moment I spotted the beast, I slammed the door shut again and grabbed the axe. The thing outside was beyond comprehension. The memories I had concerning the Tamagotchi never revolved around the actual toy. My digital pet was just a collection of pixels. What truly brought it to life was my commitment to its well-being. Every morning before I even got out of bed, I would make sure my Tamagotchi did not need to go to the bathroom. My math classes, my social study classes, hell, most of my elementary school existence was spent with the plastic keychain hidden beneath my desk to make sure my digital friend was well-fed, not bored, and was comfortable. The creature itself was just a collection of two dozen pixels. It was my imagination that sharpened the image. Crotch! Outside the wooden shack stood the monster. It had a plump body of a well-fed pig, but its face was well out of the realm of nature. It looked like an old man who had far too much skin on his face. A tuft of hair that was far too red rested on the beast's scalp. From behind the folds of flesh, two small black eyes stared back at me. Crotch! The animal seemed to have no interest in me, but I refused to let go of the axe. It just roamed around the plain of fake grass, occasionally sniffing at the plastic with its oversized human nose. I picked at my skin until I drew blood, 
but my body refused to wake up from the nightmare. After a solid 30 minutes of sheer terror, the world became even more confusing. Crouch! There was an urgency in the animal's call now. Something was wrong. The creature was unhappy, and its discomfort was sending ripples through the strange world I was trapped in. The bright blue sky outside started to crack in streaks of bloody red. The earth shook. Crotch! Crotch! The animal was looking at me through the window. Past the flabby skin, I could see the creature's black eyes. It wanted something from me. It didn't take long to figure out what. It was like an optical illusion. The moment I tried to focus in on the floating object above the beast's head, it disappeared. Yet when I looked at the hybrid pig in its eyes, I could see it. An image of a burger, floating above its head like a halo of an obese saint. The animal was hungry. The animal wanted to be fed. Crouch! The pig's demand echoed through the strange world. My wooden shack quivered under the weight of the animal's tenor. Not wanting to see the full extent of the creature's anger, I grabbed one of the cold burgers off the shelf and stepped out onto the plastic grass. I didn't realise I left the axe inside the shack until I was standing in front of the beast. As the rolls of the pig's face parted to reveal a row of dull square teeth, I found myself fearing for my life. Yet when the creature ate the burger from my hands, it was gentle. By the time it had gobbled up the meal, the universe had calmed. The world I inhabited was still deathly confusing, but its blue sky had returned. Crouch! The animal went back to wandering through its limited world. With nowhere else to go, I sat down on the rough plastic grass. With no sun in the sky and no watch on my wrist, the concept of time eluded me. For what felt like at least an hour, the animal roamed around the plastic lawn, completely ignoring me. I'd gotten lost in my thoughts when it spoke to me once more. Crotch! Much like the image of the burger, the three jagged lines above the pig's head refused to appear on direct observation. Looking into those dark eyes, I knew exactly what the animal wanted, though. Unsure of the creature's dynamics... I opened the door to the outhouse. The beast was unsteady as it stood on its hind hooves as it entered the latrine, and the sounds that it produced were beyond discomforting. Yet when the pig had finished its business, the outhouse was surprisingly clean. I recognised the burger that floated above the animal's head. I recognised the stink lines. I had seen the signs in my youth. Back when my entire world could be diluted into a handful of pixels, hiding beneath my desk, the signs would guide me in caring for my Tamagotchi. The floating burger meant the creature was hungry. The stink line signalled a need to use the bathroom. There was a third symbol I didn't need to wait for. As the strange creature roamed around its small patch of plastic greenery, I retrieved the soccer ball from inside of the shack. Crouch! There was a hint of joy in the pig's throaty cries. A big red heart shined above its head. We kicked the ball back and forth until I got tired. The animal didn't seem to mind our game was ending. It was thankful for the attention. As I laid down on the grass, it nuzzled me with its wet human nose. I slept on the plastic lawn. 
I slept hoping that when I woke, I was back in my childhood bedroom, in a world that was discomforting but understandable. When I woke, all I saw was a baby blue sky. The burgers lacked any semblance of taste or smell, but they fed me. The outhouse provided a place to relieve myself, but it never showed any signs of use. My existence in the strange digital world made me uncomfortable, but I no longer felt the need to pinch my arms. I knew this wasn't a dream. I knew I was trapped. With no sun in the sky, there was no days to count. At first, I made an effort to keep track of how many meals I had eaten to gather some semblance of the hours that had passed. But I quickly lost count. Time was passing, yet there was no way to quantify the passage. It quickly became irrelevant. My thoughts of unemployment, my housing situation, my broken heart, they all quickly became irrelevant as well. Somewhere in the back of my head, I remembered my old life. I remembered the hurt. Yet with nothing to remind me of my sorrow, the thoughts quickly drifted away into the realm of the abstract. My responsibilities had changed. I no longer had to earn a paycheck or balance my social life or make something of myself. All I had to do was take care of my cybernawartsi. With each burger that I ate, with each kick of the soccer ball, my old existence grew distant. All of my responsibilities and pressure of adult life had dissipated into an elaborate version of my imaginary world from my childhood. My digital pet was my only companion, and after a while it felt like I could live out the rest of my existence with nothing but its dark eyes and cold nuzzles. With a couple dozen meals, I tried to ignore the fact that I was ageing, but as my back started to strain under the games with my cybernawartsi, my body's degradation became unavoidable. I had found peace in the strange block of false greenery, yet a lifetime of peace was not what I wanted. The breather from reality that my resurrection of my Tamagotchi afforded me was a welcome respite, but I found myself longing for the real world. I wanted to make something of myself. I wanted to have an impact. I wanted to love again. For what felt like weeks, I roamed around the edges of my floating cage, trying to figure out how to escape. Leaping down into the bright blue abyss was the first option that came to mind, yet it felt more like suicide than a plan of escape. The first couple of times the thought sprung to my mind, I tried to push it away, but as I paced around my wooden shack, the image of the rusty battle axe refused to leave me. I kept on trying to find a different solution, but I kept circling back to it. The digital realm was based around the cybernawartsi. If there was no digital animal for me to take care of, there was no need to keep me imprisoned. Once my nail started getting too long to comfortably hold the weapon, I retrieved it. Crotch! From beneath the flabs of moist skin, its dark eyes watched me. There was no emotion in them. The creature wasn't scared or disappointed, it just watched me. When I was a kid, the decision to stop feeding my Tamagotchi was not really a decision. It simply just happened. One day I was hyper-fixated on my plastic toy, and the next my attention was elsewhere. The toy spent months, if not years, trapped somewhere in the dust beneath my bed, 
when I finally found the artifact from my childhood, it was dropped into my memory box without much ceremony. Standing above the strange creature of power flesh with a battle axe, it felt different. I'm sorry, friend, I said, my voice hoarse from not being able to use it for what felt like years. Crotch, my digital friend replied. The animal did not understand, and thus it was not angry. It just watched me, completely ignoring the axe in my hands. I did not wait for my companion to make sense of what I was doing. I brought the axe down. The blade cut through its neck as if it was room-temperature butter. Before the axe hit the ground, reality came crashing down. It was around 3am on a Wednesday, and the walls of my cramped bedroom were shaking under my father's snores. I woke up in bed, covered in sweat and blood and looking like a castaway. The cybernawatsi was still in my hands, but the screen was dark. I handled the plastic toy with the sort of care reserved for a faulty nuclear warhead, and I hid it back in my memory box. Not one day has passed, but I feel like I am done feeling sad about my heartbreak and misfortune. For this peace of mind, however, I have paid for years of my life. I do not feel my age these days. I know the explanation is crazy, but also in the depths of my bones, I know I'm much older than my driver's license suggests. It didn't take long for the vision of the strange pigman hybrid to leave my mind. Some things are far too disturbing to remember. What has stuck around, however, is the sound. Sometimes when I'm having trouble falling asleep, or I'm feeling overwhelmed with a task at hand, I hear the creature, and I immediately appreciate the freedom I have. Crouch! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 